All right, tonight we're going to speak on the next commandment, which is the commandment number, what number are we on? Five. Okay, let me find Proverbs five. Well, that one doesn't apply to any of us. Well, I guess it does to our kids about honoring your parents. We'll all be in agreement. It'll be short. It's called yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Yes, sir, no, sir. And we'll pray and go, okay? And uh, (laughs) My kids never learned that skill. Those are four words they never learned, okay? Anyway, C.S. Lewis wrote, when I leave, okay, I can't read. Hang on, this thing, it casts shadows. It's when it casts shadows, it's hard to read. C.S. Lewis, quote, when I have learned to love God better than my earthly dearest, I shall love my earthly dearest better than I do now. In so far as I learn to love my earthly dearest at the expense of God and instead of God, I shall be moving towards the state in which I shall not love earthly dearest at all. When first things are put first, second things are not suppressed but increased. What it's talking about here is that when we begin to love God, it starts with loving God first. The first four commandments we looked at, <coughs> excuse me, held to do with loving God. The next six, about loving our neighbors. And we know that when the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbors yourself. So as we look at this, Lewis's mind was referencing the logic embedded in the instruction of the Ten Commandments. What he just talked about here, if we can't get loving God right, we're not going to be able to love our neighbor. Now, here's something about our neighbor. My neighbor is Lisa, my wife. My neighbor is Grant and Ellie, my kids. My neighbor is you, okay? My neighbor is my mother. My, my neighbor is not my sister. It's just a difficult one to love, okay? I'm just saying. She broke my nose when I was a teenager, okay? She... Hit me right in the nose. So I don't harbor resentment, but maybe just a little bit. But the first four are obeyed. Grace is with us to deepen our relationship with God and his love for him and others. And we can love God with all of our heart, soul, and strength. And this vertical love for God makes it possible to love others. The, The missionary Hudson Taylor, a missionary to the Orient, was asked if he gave his life to the Orient because he loved the Chinese people, whom he did indeed love. But his response was, as he shook his head real slow, he was an elderly man, he shook it real slow, and he said, no, not because I love the Chinese, but because I love God. And I think about that, and I think about even in my life, and as I evaluate my life, and going through these commandments sometimes, is that I go, why do I do what I do? pastor of the church. Is it because I love you? Of course I love you. But it's really because I love God. And if I love God, he's going to dictate and direct how I speak. Well, don't let's say that because my grammar's not real good. But anyway, <laughs> but it'll be the, the things I preach about, the things I try to instruct, the way I try to shepherd the flock and things like that. So it is because not only I love you, but because I love God. Augustine, one of the early Christian church history leaders, believed that if a person truly loved God, he would do the right thing the rest of his life. 
And after looking at the love of God in the first four commandments, we will now begin to look at the next six, which deal with loving others. And tonight we're going to look at the meaning of this commandment found in Exodus chapter 21, verse 12. So the meaning of this commandment. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. When I was young, I took this as a literal thing, a literal thing, and a literal message. And some of it is, kind of, but that if I honored my mother and father, I'd live to be an old man. And yes, that is somewhat true, but God does take and give life, okay? And so I've known some very strong Christian teenagers that honored their mother and father a lot better than I did that the Lord took home. And some of that I don't understand in, in all that. In this long life means a productive, happy, joyful life. And so as we look at this, we're going to be looking at the Hebrew word for honor means to be heavy or to give weight. To be heavy or to give weight. Honor demands a profound respect. To hold in high esteem. We know these words. The word honor demands profound respect that governs all relations with the honored. So what this means is if I honor someone, it governs all the relationships I have with the one I'm trying to honor. And tonight we're looking at parents. So we're going to take this verse, and we have taken this verse, and we apply it to kids. But it does not just apply to young kids or kids that are in the home. But also, I'm still a kid. And this passage is going to apply to me as we see it. So now we're going to look at honor the growing years. Honor the growing years. Honor during the growing years is when the kids are at home. Honoring during this time is largely manifested through obedience. So the honor here ties in with being obedient. So we're going to look at some passages here. Look in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 1. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1. You're going to be very familiar with some of these. If you've been a parent, you've quoted them to your children. And, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. So here we go as he's making this command that they tie in the obedience with the honor right here as Paul writes. Flip over to Colossians, go towards the back of the Bible, a couple of books, Colossians, as you've been reading every day for the last three weeks. Isn't that funny how I just threw that in there? Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. Oh, Lord. I do love y'all, just so you know. It just slips sometimes. I just try to be funny, and sometimes it backfires. Colossians 3.20, children obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. So we know that children are to be obedient to the parents. This is well-pleasing to the Lord. It's a thing that we're commanded to do along with the honor, and many times they're tied in to each other. 
But today we look at obedience, and it is looked down upon. It is not a popular subject. Children should have rights, they say today in our culture, that they can make their own decision, even on the gender they want and think they should be. That is the craziest thing in the world, that a five- or six-year-old can determine if they want to be a boy or a girl. But that is where obedience, they're taking it out. You read, I don't know if any of y'all have ever heard like Fox News or anything like that, but if you were to look into one of those or anything like that, and you hear around our news that even school systems and things like that are trying to say parents shouldn't have a say-so in their kid's life. And that makes us angry, but why should we be angry? They're in the darkness. When you're in the darkness, you think like the one in the darkness. And going contrary to these commandments, honor your parents, to listen to them, be under their instruction, and the world is saying, no, 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 we want to pull children out from outside, inside, I mean inside this instruction, and let the world instruct them. Say when you think about when they're saying that, it's not an attack against homes, it's attack against God. The way he structured it, especially is what we're looking at this evening. If you obey, you're, then you're being forced against your will to do something which you may or may not agree with that the parents want you to do. And that the parents are wrong to have boundaries on a child. Think about school teachers today. And I've talked, I talk with a lot of them. And uh, we were very involved in the school when our kids were there. And one of the things about it, the, the parents, the teachers anymore, it is so hard to teach in a classroom because there is no discipline or obedience. They don't let, allow it to happen because our world has got, if you try to make someone obey, you're in the wrong. And it's going contrary to our culture and contrary to God's word. And so we think about the New Testament command to obey literally means to listen under. That's what obey means in the New Testament, to listen under. It's a conscious listening. The idea is to listen, to understand, and then to do that or be obedient. So it's to listen, to understand, and then obey. So we go back to Ephesians 6.1. It says, obey in the Lord the things that are consistent with Christ and his word. So children obey their parents in the Lord, meaning if, if they're asking you to sell yourself that is not in the lord that is not they're not the parents are not doing a thing to honor god and so it's not saying if your parent says go kill that person because i don't like them that's not under the lord that's not in the lord so you would honor god first then that or respect and obey but we're not talking about those things we're just going to talk tonight about normal well what normal we're abnormal but so we're talking about abnormal okay tonight but as we look at this and then obedience and here's the thing about obedience that i really love this thing i read about and i can't tell you where i read it about obedience obedience is an exercise in the freedom to choose the right thing and then do it think about that statement obedience is the freedom to choose the right thing and do it And so as I think about that statement, and I think about even as me being a parent, since right now we're talking about kids, is that my children, when they're under my listening, listening to me, however that was worded, I can't remember how, to listen under, 
when they are to listen under me and I express to them something they should do, they have the freedom to choose to do it, yes or no. But they have the, they have the choice to do the right thing and be obedient and then do it. And I think about this in a child's life and as they're growing up and learning about obedience. And I was talking to a young family. In fact, it was my niece um, that I was talking to. And we were talking to, I was talking to her and she was asking me, we were talking some stuff. And then we went to talking about her kids. I was asking how her kids were doing all that stuff. And we were talking about kids. And one of the things that I was kind of sharing with her, and I was going, you know, when you're having your kids, take time to explain things to them. I said, too many people, it's just the parents go, you do this, boom, that's it. And they never take time to explain. And just like with obedience, that if you sit down and you talk with them, you go, okay, here's why we're obedient. You're going to have the choice to be obedient or disobedient. Disobedience brings consequences. Obedience can bring blessing. But also, knowing that one day when they're on their own, they're going to have the choice to obey God or not obey God. And in the process of that, you begin to train them what obedience really means. It's choosing. They have a choice because so many times what we hear about being obedient is you don't have a choice. You just have to do this. No. We have a choice. Your your kids have a choice. And they can choose to obey or they can choose to disobey. And uh, But hopefully they'll choose to do the right thing. Now we go to what is the right thing in obedience? Honoring mother and father. So if I honor my mother and father and they lay out here, here's what you need to do. Here's what we're asking you to do. I want you to go clean your room. And I go, I have a choice. And sometimes I may not care about the consequences, but I have a choice to make. And I can choose to do what's right. What's right is not really to go clean my room. What's right is to honor my mother and father and their request. And in doing that, I'm listening under them, I'm learning, and I'm watching, and I'm doing the right thing by honoring them. So obedience and honor goes hand in hand. So why should children choose to obey? First, their parents stand in the place of God. They don't don't take the place of God, but they do serve as a protection and serve as an instrument of God's grace in the office of parent. There's an office... Martin Luther used to talk about this. Some of y'all were in that class and we talked about all the offices. But um, one of them is parent that we're called to do. It's that children are a gift from the Lord and we're called to parent. They provide, a parent provides God-like functions like unconditional love, mercy, grace, forgiveness, discipline, respecting authorities. And here's the thing about with God. God is an intangible being. It's not like we can touch him, hold him, and talk to him. But one of the things in this is that I am a tangible being. And so with my kids, when I shared with them unconditional love, that even when they hurt me, and they did, I still loved them the same. And here's the thing. I looked for opportunities when they did hurt me to let them know how much I was, how proud I was of them, how much I loved them during those times. Because Satan is so good, he's such the master at deception, that our children begin to think mom and dad are only proud of me. They only love me when I obey. Well, it's a lot easier, let's put it that way. Only when I do what pleases them. Only when I... But it's a great 
responsibility, but also to teach our children, even when they disobey, we love them. And those are opportunities to share that with them is during those times. Also, when I think about forgiveness, when I deal with people a lot, and a lot of times they don't understand forgiveness because they've never seen it played out in their life. That forgiveness means I choose not to hold it to their account. And when a child asks for forgiveness or they do wrong and you talk with them and you teach them how to ask for forgiveness, how to pray and ask God to forgive them, how they ask you or the one they hurt for forgiveness, and then we choose not to hold it to their account. As I talked about last week, we talked about we're faithful and just to forgive them of that and cleanse all unrighteousness or make us righteous again. So with this, with my kids, how did they learn about God's forgiveness? Through me, through the parents. How did they learn about God's unconditional love? Through the parents. How did they learn about God's mercy? Through the parents. And we even, sometimes when we were disciplining our kids, there was times, and, and we had to pick and choose which ones we were going to do, but there was times when they would do something, and I would teach them what the word mercy means. And not give them what they deserve. They rejoiced in that. And they (laughs) asked for it the next time they messed up. Okay? But begin to explain to them what mercy is. What grace is. And they're great training tools. Because if they've never experienced mercy. And they hear me or someone teach about mercy. They have no idea what it means. We talk to them about forgiveness. And they'll go. Nobody's ever forgiven me. You know, you hear about God, he remembers it no more. He puts it as far as the east is from the west and all that stuff. And they're going, that never happened to me. It was brought up every day for a year. Whatever. And so with that, as parents, we get that great opportunity to teach them that. So also, next we look at children are to obey their parents because the parents are in the, the only one who have their best interests at heart. Unless they live in a mental-issued home or something... But many parents make huge sacrifices for their kids that no one else is making for them. We sacrifice for our kids, all of us, okay? And so children should obey their parents because of this, because they have their best interest. And if honor means I'm going to listen under, I'm going to listen under someone that cares for me and wants my best interest at heart. This one is hard for kids, Because they do not think sometimes we as parents have their best interests at heart. But we do. Number one, because I can't afford jail or whatever it might be. You know what I mean? So I have their best interests at heart. But in these things, my parents couldn't afford it when I went. I'm just saying, okay? But that was kind of funny. (laughs) It was a true statement, but it was funny. So the way you get out of that, my dad made me pay for it all. Okay, so now we cleared that up. Well, I'm digging myself a hole tonight. But, uh, but, but in this, that children have a hard time with that. And what happens if we stop and take to heart and take time to explain to them and open up, it helps. Next, children should obey their parents because Jesus did. Look over in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, <clears throat> verse 51. Luke chapter 2, <clears throat> verse 51. Luke chapter 2, verse 51. 
I tell you what, let's go to 41. Let me, let's go. We got time tonight. We, we got plenty of time. Let's go to 41. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, this speaking of Jesus. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days as they returned to return, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to be have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now it was so it was that after three days they found him in the temple. Can you imagine three days looking for a lost child? Back in that day, it's not like they could track them on your phone, you know what I mean? And, and let me just give you this profound thought I had. My wife went to Costa Rica and uh, to meet my son and daughter-in-law. They're having a baby shower there or something. I don't know what they're, but my wife felt she needed to be there. So she flew there. And so I was kind of just, because we, we kind of, I, I track my mom all the time. You know what I mean? So anytime she goes anywhere, I'm tracking her. My dad's passed away. It's my responsibility to control her. So I track her. Okay. And uh, a funny note, we'll take this off the recording, but I'll step over here. I said, thanks for calling, Mom. <laughs> so anyway, I don't even know where I was going. That was, anyway, tracking. Okay, I had this thought. So I, my wife was going, Lisa was going, will you be able to track me in Costa Rica? I, was, I doubt it. You're in a whole other country. So my curiosity was up. One o'clock this morning, and she's at the airport. I pulled it up. <laughs> hey, I can track her. It was 1,800 miles. From here to Coast Street. I'm sure that's swimming, you know, across the water. Sunday, y'all listening Sunday? I think it was Sunday. Sunday night. Sunday. One of these times. I talked about somebody going, a papyrus, all the way back. Remember me talking about? That was Sunday morning. How far did I say he went? There you go. You win the prize. You get the rest of my coffee. I'm kidding. But, uh. <laughs> Okay, 1,000 to 1,300 miles. How far did I say Costa Rica was? Almost all, probably to Guatemala. And I, 1 o'clock this morning, I was looking at it and going, holy smokes, that is a long way. And uh, whether it was by boat, plane, or however he got there, I'm not sure he got there. I think he walked and went on a boat. But anyway, it was a long ways. Um, so Jesus, oh, let me go back. I was talking about Jesus. It got me off track. So... <laughs> So he was in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Can you imagine if I was here tonight preaching, as I am, teaching and stuff, and Jesus was out there and he started asking me questions. And you're looking at this little 12-year-old kid going, who are you? What kind of questions are those? Okay, and, uh, and then he gave them answers as well. 48. So when they saw him, they were amazed, as I would be amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. I'm sure she 
didn't say it in that mean of a tone. I'm sure she did. And he said to them, why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? He's not talking about Joseph's. He's talking about his heavenly father. But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. God himself placed him under the authority of Mary and Joseph. But his mother kept to these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And here's what I believe. As a child, and especially, I think it's perfect that Jesus was 12, becoming a teenager. That is where boys start to go haywire. And they begin to think that they are above mom, under dad, but above mom. And they look down to mom and many times disrespectful to mom because inside of them, God placed this thing that they're going to be the man of a home one day. And they're going to be the protector of that home. And it happened at our home that Grant began to really respect me, but Lisa couldn't quite do things quite right. And he was a good kid. And we had to take this passage and we began to explain it to him. And and when we look at it, that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Why would he have to gain favor with God? He is God. Wouldn't he have already had that? In this right here, what I think it's applying to, I'm 99% sure, that if we subject ourselves to our parents and we honor them, we're obedient to them, that we too will gain in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and men. That is the picture here that Christ did. And he was an example to us. And so they all had this thing, what would Jesus do? Well, I'd always tell the kids, they were kind of wearing those bracelets back in the day, and I'd say, here's what Jesus would do. He'd honor his parents. Well, they quit wearing the bracelets. Stop that. So they didn't want to wear that anymore. But that's true. That's what he did. And so that's what we need to do. Also, it teaches them to choose to obey because it's right. And this plays into marriage. I love Lisa not to get anything in return, but I love Lisa because it's right. I do things as a father, not because my, so my kids will be good. I do it because it's right. I honor my mother and my father not to get good things from them, even though it's usually the way it plays out, but not to get good things from them, but because it's right. I don't live my life a certain way so that I won't be an embarrassment to the church or something like that. I do it because it's right. And we teach our children, you do it first and foremost because it's right. God said to do this. That's why we do it. And when they choose to disobey, what they're really choosing to do is be disobedient to God. It's a God issue, not so much a parent issue. And they're not choosing to do what's right, and that's going to play off later in life. Now we'll get to what will apply to all of us for the most part. Honor in the maturing years. Honor in the maturing years. Time passes, and the honoring of our parents takes on a different emphasis. It is new and different. Obedience fades away, 
and reverence rises up. So with honor, we know that obedience kind of fades away with my mother and father, and I'm going to talk like my father's still here, but he's passed away, but I'm going to still talk like he's here. With my mother and father, it wasn't that I had to be obedient to them anymore. I've left father and mother and became one with my wife. But that obedience faded into a reverence that I am to have for them. And this becomes a new way a child honors his parents. And there are some ways we show reference, reverence to our parents as adults. And there's going to be three of them we're going to look at tonight. It's respect, consideration, and provision. Respect, consideration, and provision. So let's look at respect. Respect. Look over in Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus chapter 19, and we'll begin in verse 1. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation, so this is everyone, of the children of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord, your God. So we see from Leviticus that respect was considered so important that it was linked even to the Sabbath. It was linked to being holy. Respect always involves speaking kindly to one's parents. It must be spoken with the proper tone. And never patronizing, never putting them down, never disrespectful. And understand that there's many times I was blessed to have great parents. And this is easy for me. Some have not had great parents. And the respect thing and the honor and the revering becomes difficult. And I think many times it goes back to just like with children, you obey your parents in the Lord. You honor your parents in the Lord. And if they're choosing not to honor God in their life, it's hard to respect sin. It's hard to respect those things that may be going on and hold to show honor and reverence in that. But here's the thing. You can be there praying for your parents. You can be there ready that if things change and they come to you, you can embrace them with open arms. You can have your heart ready for that embrace. That's hard. And that's hard when parents have hurt you when you've been young or they've hurt you in life. Some have been abused. All kinds of things that go on. And you go, I can't honor them. They're horrible. And some of that is true. But what we do is we honor God and we're ready for reconciliation. It takes two to reconcile. And we can be ready for that, but we can still speak highly of them. When we're speaking to other, somebody else, we just don't speak. Now, if you're getting training or some counseling or something like that, and you have to talk about something, that's one thing. But just in general, you're not going around going, yeah, my mom and dad, they, and just like that. Just don't speak about them. That's honoring in a way. You're not putting them down or anything like that. Then we know the next one is provision. Provision. This would be making provision for their material needs. Look over in Matthew chapter 15. The Lord addresses this. Matthew chapter 15. The religious leaders and the children of Israel, they were horrible towards parents. I'm just saying. 
And that's why the Lord kept telling them to honor them and revere them. But look at verse 1 of chapter 15 of Matthew. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father for mother or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father or mother, Whatever profits you might save or might have received from me is a gift to God. Then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. So they had a tradition coming up that they were taking advantage of the parents. And they were trying to take advantage of the parents that if they gave to them, that was given to God and vice versa. And it's, it's a whole complicated thing. And, and it's hard to try to really understand and even explain. But one of the things that was happening here, as adults, they were not honoring their parents. They were not honoring their mother and father. And Jesus called them out on it and said, you're wrong for not fulfilling this commandment. They were looking down on their parents. They were not providing for them. And every time I I look at this passage and I think about it, I think about the Krupa women, and you've heard about them in India, that through the hope and help that we use. And what happens is these mothers, especially the mothers, when the father dies, they kick them to the streets. The kids kick them to the street, they strip all their jewelry off, they strip anything of value, and they throw them on the streets. And the Krupa home that we've been a part of and helped build and do some stuff, it's like an orphanage for widowed moms. And they come in and they live on it, and then they serve in our feeding centers that go to the kids. And so it gives them a chance to, work, to, to, to teach and to, to learn and to serve and to earn some money and things like that that they can make it on their own. That is so dishonoring to God. And yet around our world that happens a lot. That we do not provide for those in need. Now hopefully many of us, we do try to do good enough that our kids won't have to. You know what I mean? And our culture is a lot different than the ones around the world. Most of them around the world, there's not an option like that. You go into Central America and things like that and different Philippines and all that having enough to live on and retire and a good life it's not possible they don't do that and so it's a these scriptures become more prevalent to them than even us but so the last one is a consideration we have provision and consideration but if our parents are in need we are to step in and help okay Um, consideration would mean to remember them It'd be taking time to be with them, including them, recognizing them. And so many times this one falls to our culture. Parents go into a home, and I mean, my mother-in-law's in one, and we go see her and all that, and Lisa does all this for her and sees her and things like that, but some of her kids never come and see her, never contact her. And we know a lot in that facility that there's some family that never come to see them and I'm going how sad and so some of them I I used to know them a little better but they 
they circulate in and out, you know, they pass away or whatever. But how many of them, the family that never, they just give them to the government or give them to the home. They may send some money for provision, but there's no consideration. And they never take the time to continue to minister. And a lot of them that I've talked to, they go, well, they don't know anything anyway. So? I, I don't know. And I started looking in Scripture. I thought it might say in there, honor your parents, revere them when they're in the right mind. And I looked in all of the translations, and I haven't found it yet. If you find it, let me know. You're not going to find it. And what a greater time to be considerate of them. So just as a child can go away and go wayward, so can a parent. And when a parent goes wayward, it is very difficult to maintain that relationship. So let's look at the grace that comes from honoring our parents. The grace that comes from honoring our parents. We think about the freedom and grace that comes when we all begin to have a right spirit towards our parents. And we think about these commandments, and that's where it starts. It starts with God. Then it goes to the home, our parents. And if you think about it, you've heard me say this. If you heard me say it once, you probably heard me say it 50 times. That when God instituted relationships, the first one is with us, with God. Adam and God. Then it was marriage. Then it was family. Then it was others, or the church, or church and then others. You can put others in all of that. And so what happens is we get the right relationship with God, And then it goes into the marriage, as we're supposed to honor our wives and all of that and the relationship, but here with the family. Then we do that, and we get that right. Then we can go out. If we can't honor the Lord, and we can't be obedient to what he calls us to do, and we cannot honor our parents, it's hard to have right relationship with others because we got it out of order. And so we we have to do that. And again... Sometimes it's difficult if the parent is wayward or the parent has really hurt you. The parent wants nothing to do with you and all these things. There can be those situations. But I'm just talking about in general when it happens. Next, kids obeying and honoring their parents, which would lead to an obedience and an honor to God. When they've learned the skill of being obedient and honoring their parents, and we talked about the father and the mother, they play that role, especially the father of God, it's easy to transition into honoring and being obedient to God. And adults showing honor and respect to their parents, and it would transfer into the honoring and respecting of God. And I've thought about some of these people that I know of that have not shown respect to their parents that from some of even my family, and if you want to say, and they have a hard time with their relationship with God. Because what happens is you can't, they get it all out of whack. And you can't have it. And some of these are hard. And I, and I study these and they're hard. And so look over in Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. <clears throat> We're going to look in verse 10. If everyone got this right with honoring God, honoring our parents, and our relationships there, then it would filter down into the churches and it would change churches. Look in Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 10. It's a great thing about a parent-child relationship. Hear my son and receive my sayings. Remember what we said that obedience means? 
listen. How did I say that? I forgot. I can't. Listen under. Thank you. You know, I've said, men only say about, you know, 25 or 15,000 words a day. Women say, or 12,500 women say 25,000. I said 12,500 words by about 1 o'clock today. So I just want you to know, so they're all jumbled from here on out. But anyway, verse 10. Hear my son and receive my sayings. Listen under. Listen under these saying. Listen under. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. And his children, this passage right here with your kids, they need to know this. Listen to the instruction of a father. The one who loves you more than anything. The one who is for you. You listen to this and it will take hold of you. It will keep you. It will help give you life. God will bless you. And when we get these things right, we receive the grace and the blessing of God. Honoring parents will bring a joy, peace, and blessings. And one of the things that I also know is when we get older, there'll be no guilt. And when a loved one passes away, there'll be no guilt. I honored them. I was obedient to them. I was respectful to them. I had a reverence for them. Even though they may not have deserved it, even they may not have shown it. But I can live guilt-free. And my niece was asking me some parenting things, and I was talking to her, and I said, Catherine, here's one of the things I want you to know. When Lisa and I, we made this kind of commitment and vow that we did not want to look back from parenting our kids, your cousins, with any guilt or regrets. And I mean, as a pastor, because she asked the question, I know a lot of pastors' kids that they don't want anything to do with God. Why is that the case? I say, because they're idiots. The parents, the pastor, kind of. That was a joke, kind of. Not really, but kind of. Because here's why. They probably put the church before their kids, and they resent the church. Or number two, what they heard from the pulpit, they never saw lived out at home. And it turned their heart against God. And I said, Catherine, one of the things that Aunt Lisa and I tried to do is we tried to make sure with our kids that I never wanted to put a hindrance that they could not honor me. I never wanted to do things that they would look at me and go, I can't be obedient or honor my father because his life does not match what he preaches or his life doesn't match what God's word says. I can't honor my dad because he never has any time for me. I can't honor my dad. And, and I can go, well, Bible says to honor him. But also said, Catherine, so many times as parents, we make it the most difficult thing in the world for our kids to honor us. We make it so difficult for them. And I said, we made a vow. We did not want to live with any regrets or any guilt. I have a little bit. There's some things I've done. If you ever want to just drop me about $100, I'll share them with you. I'll tell all, and you'll enjoy it. You just can't let it outside of my office, but anyway, like that. But, uh, and don't ever ask Grant or Ellie. 
That always made me nervous when they were in the youth department. You know, in the youth, they have these things. They all talk stuff. And, and I just knew my daughter or son's going there and start spilling the beans. Let me tell you what my dad did. You know what I mean? And I'm going, oh, great. Please don't. But, uh, but no, we all have a little bit of guilt. Don't get me wrong. And then with my, my dad, when he passed away, I can say I have no guilt. And it happened on a day I wasn't expecting. And with my mom... You know, like I said, a parent makes it really hard for the kid. <laughs> that was funny. She doesn't. I'm kidding. At times. But I'm trying to. Because <laughs> our roles changed. She became a widow. Everything changed. And here's what I had to learn. To show her respect and revere her and yet take care of her. And not make her feel disrespected. Like she's stupid or she doesn't know what she's doing. With my personality, that was a hard balance. And I have to work at it each and every day. But I try to try to live with her with respect and fulfill this, that I honor her, have a reverence for her. And I hold her up. I try to encourage her. I try to never make her feel dumb or stupid because she can't do something. I try to be there, and she lives a long ways away, and I rely on my sister to help do this, and she does a great job the financial stuff I help her with and all of that, this passage is hard. And sometimes I don't want to ever make her feel like I dishonor her by the way I treat her. And I'm trying to do it with, to take care of her. And when those days come and if she has to go into a home or she has to take her car keys or whatever that may be, that when we handle those moments, I ask for God's, and my sister always goes, that's on you. I'm not even going to try it. You know what I mean? But that I do it with a respectful, honoring way. Because I know my kids, they've already told me, Dad, we're not. (laughs) We're not doing it that way with you. We're going to kick you to the curb. And I said, praise God. I probably deserve it. You know what I mean? But uh, but we like to joke that way. But I don't know if they're serious sometimes, you know. (laughs) But here's the thing. Honor your parents. Pray for them. Have your kids pray for y'all. You can confess when you're wrong to them. And you can begin to build this and bring honor and glory to the Lord. Evidently, it was important enough. And he knew it would be a struggle. And I always thought of this in many times until I really started studying it. That it only applied to kids in the home. I didn't like it when it applied to outside of the home. Because then I thought I'd already passed that commandment. When I could only have nine now to live instead of ten. No. It applies to all of us. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you as Christ came. And Lord, he submitted himself. He humbled himself. He was obedient. He honored his mother and father. And Lord, we know that he did that, that you blessed him. And Lord, you, he gained favor with you. And, Lord, we know he was your son, and he was, he was already going, but, God, he gained favor with you. Lord, I know that in our lives, when we honor our parents, when our children honor us, they gain favor with you. And, Lord, I pray that we'll be faithful to do that. Thank you for our time tonight. It's in your name we pray. Amen.